You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. This is Kansas State's Cooper Beebe, and you're listening to the PowerCat Postgame Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Make sure you're subscribing to this show on your favorite podcast provider. Welcome to this special edition of the PowerCat Postgame Podcast sponsored by Caddyshack Golf. Tim Fitzgerald here in a hotel room in uh, Edmond uh, as we get ready to head home on Sunday morning. We have uh, gone through a number of uh, problems trying to get this produced it's been kind of a mess our podcast equipment isn't working quite right we were supposed to be joined by brian hanley and he was available but we couldn't get my phone to connect to the podcast equipment so as you'll hear as this podcast unveils um cole carmody's with me through the whole thing and this open was taped after everything else for some reason the recording didn't start until about a minute after i started talking on the podcast no idea why a lot of things to try to get corrected when we get back. We had some audio issues in the second half, more operator error than anything else, as uh, we we kind of string this thing together. We are recapping, of course, Kansas State's 41-34 victory over Oklahoma on Saturday night at Memorial Stadium down in Norman, just south of us, about 45 minutes. And it was the fourth time in six visits, the six last visits to Memorial Stadium that Kansas State's won. It's a remarkable stat. About half of Oklahoma's losses at home in the last 20 years or so have been to Kansas State. Amazing stat. Um, but they did it again. They bounced back from a 17-10 to 10 loss to Tulane, flipped the switch, and became the team we thought they could be this season. Um, and got an incredible victory as they prepared to come home to play Texas Tech on Saturday morning this upcoming week. So, we will uh, pick up the podcast from where it started recording. We will have the break, and then you'll notice the audio issues as my audio wasn't quite right in the second half of this podcast, uh, but we did our best to fix it. So now let's pick up where it started recording, which was fortunately with the read of our sponsor, which also started the problems producing this podcast. Here we go. We're sponsored by Caddyshack Golf, and equally incredible is as I walked out the door, I forgot to bring my reeds, uh, which, you know, are their ads. So, I'm going to wing it here. Caddyshack Golf is simply amazing stuff. I'm not even a golfer, and I absolutely love their stuff. 
We have some of it um, at Go Power Cat the guys get to wear. But make sure you go to Caddyshack Golf. That's Caddy with two T's. And go check out their incredible clothing. I don't care if you're not a golfer. This is elite K-State apparel. And if you want to look good uh, at the game or at the mall, doesn't matter, get on over to Caddyshack Golf and use the code GPC for free shipping on your next order. We appreciate everyone at Caddyshack Golf for their ongoing support. And I hope they sell a lot of merch from this game. Because this is a game-selling or a merch-selling game. Cole Carmody joining me here. Um, Cole, just give me your thoughts after one partial sleep about what we saw at Memorial Stadium last night. It's it's hard, right? Where do you start? I mean, the, what a game. I think that was, uh, as long as I've been around K-State football, as long as I can remember watching K-State football, that has to rank up there with... Um, some of the, one of the best games I think I've seen just to be able to rebound after such a terrible loss that to me is the main storyline of the game they could have very easily come in and laid an egg like I think a lot of people expected them to do but they didn't they bounced back and you could tell talking to those guys post game they were on a mission and they accomplished that mission it was it was a sight to see um, but I mean obviously the main storyline is the offense and Adrian Martinez yeah, um, and as I said on the post-game walk and talk, what Adrian Martinez accomplished at, in this game was absolutely incredible. It was almost like uh, uh, coming back to life as a quarterback. He was dreadful in the first three games. The first game against South Dakota was a blowout. I show much, and I agreed. Second game against Missouri turned into a you know a rainy swamp. Um, and it was hard to throw the ball, so why throw the ball? In case they didn't need to. So I thought they'd flip the switch against Tulane, and it was really his worst performance out of the three. Even though the stats don't show, don't st- show that, it was his least productive or efficient performance. He just didn't seem to be inspired. He seemed to admit to that in the postgame press conference, that he, he let his team down, and he just didn't bring it all. And that was my problem with his performance. It wasn't that he didn't complete enough passes. He didn't seem to be invested. It just didn't look right or feel right. And it didn't match anything I'd seen from this young man leading up to this point. You know, just to be clear, Adrian is a spectacular young guy. I have no doubt that he's going to be a success in life, whether that's on the football field or not. And Bluntly, until last night, I didn't think it would be on the football field. I thought his career was over because, um, as I wrote at Go Park, and I, I thought he was broken from what happened at Nebraska. The abuse he took, the amount of turnovers he had trying to save a crappy program. And I think as we sit here today, Cole, and this wasn't what I was going to ask you, but it just popped in my head. I, I think it's really clear at this point, Adrian Martinez was never the problem in Nebraska. Never the issue at Nebraska. He was the one keeping them in games mm-hmm. to be close enough to have to make the next big play and force the ball into turnover situations. You can look at what's happening in Nebraska now. Hell, you can look at the Oklahoma games from the last two years. With Adrian Martinez, they compete in Lincoln or in Norman. Without Adrian Martinez, they'd get absolutely smoked in Lincoln. He put together one of the best performances I've seen from a K-State quarterback since Colin Klein. 
And I even went as far last night to say, I wonder if it's as uh, as good a performance as we've seen since L. Roberson in the 2003 Big 12 Championship. It's it's incredible. Uh, to me, watching Adrian Martinez on Saturday night reminded me, I'm going to say this and it's going to sound crazy, but it reminded me of Patrick Mahomes in the way of him saying, this is my team. I'm going to take control of this game. I'm going to do what I can to keep us in this game, to get us a chance to win this game. And I feel like the conversation that Chris Kleiman and Adrian Martinez have referenced so often that they had during the week after the two-lane loss, that might be a conversation that will go down in the history of K-State football because if this is how Adrian Martinez is going to play the rest of the season, the ceiling is as high as we all think it is for K-State, first of all. I, I think, second of all, the way that Adrian Martinez said, this is my team, is going to go down in K-State lore. I think the way that Adrian Martinez said, this is my team, is something that's going to go also down in the lore of K-State football for the 2022 season. He took the team, and he put the team on his back, and he said, I am going to make a play. We are going to win this game. That's not something that Adrian Martinez did. They instilled confidence in him after the two-lane game to say, Adrian, this is your team. We know what happened at Nebraska, but you're at K-State now. He, he it, To me, it looked like he's... He was too busy thinking about his career previous. This game cemented him as a Kansas State Wildcat, as a part of Chris Kleiman's program. He is now officially a member of the team. And, and I kind of got that vibe in the post-game press conference. He said, this is the most fun I've ever had playing football in this team special. And you could tell that that's how he felt on Saturday. And he said it's his biggest win. A cool side note from last night was, you know, Adrian's from California. Fresno, right? Fresno, yep. He said it was the first game of the season his parents have been able to come to. I hope they come to every game. <laughs> no I kidding. Um, someone give the parents NIL money to fly <laughs> to every game. He keeps having good games. He might sell enough merch to where that won't be an issue. Wow. Uh, he, he was so much more invested in the outcome of the game. Maybe it was everything that transpired last week after the dreadful performance against Tulane. Maybe it was the venue, the the time slot for the TV game, national TV, prime time, big stadium, flip on the lights, and 9 a.m. was ready to go. I don't care what it was. I am so happy for the kid that he got to redefine himself. Now, he has to perpetuate it. But I was really um, I don't know, touched, might be a little bit heavy, but... By the way, Chris Kleiman talked about their discussions after the game and that he hugged him and said, I believe in you, you can do this and all that. But Julius Brins came in, who was fabulous in the game and in postgame. And the senior cornerback said, no one lost belief in Adrian. We've seen what he can do. We know how good he is. We all believed in him. And Cole, I think that played a big role in why K-State played so well in this game. Adrian knew his brothers had his back. He knew that they believed in him. And he just needed to go out there and, and put it on the line. To, to flip the switch, as Coach Kleiman said. And um, he did. He absolutely did. And it was spectacular. From the very start. And Chris Kleiman made a point saying... Did you notice I, I took the ball? Yeah. I wanted Adrian and that offense on the field. And by God, I mean, you put them on the field, they go 12 plays, 
75 yards to the touchdown. Defense holds Oklahoma to five plays and 15 yards and a punt. Gets the ball back. Seven plays, 80 yards. We are less than a quarter into this game. K-State has run 19 plays for 155 yards. There's more than three minutes left in the first quarter. It's incredible. K-State's up 14-0. And and I, I since at that point, Oklahoma fans are like, oh, it was a bad start. We're, we're okay. But it wasn't a bad start. This was a very interesting game and in how evenly matched the teams ended up being. As Michael Goins pointed out a little bit ago to me, if you look at the drive chart, the overthrow of Stoops on a third, fourth down? Fourth down, yep. Might have been the difference mm-hmm. in the game. That's the one touchdown difference. It's 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 fascinating to me because you look at the time of possession, 33 minutes for K-State, 24 minutes for Oklahoma, and you wouldn't think that it felt like, oh, you had the ball for that long. Mm-hmm. But because they are so fast on offense, because they tempo you to death, the K-State players were absolutely gassed after oh. the game. And if they would have found a way to get an onside kick at the very end of the game, of course, first of all, of course that these these two teams would come down to an onside kick at the end of the game. That's just how this series has gone. But you started to feel like OU's offense was getting into a rhythm. And the fact that they only scored 34 points, it seems like a lot. But for K-State, that is a win because they it felt like every single drive, and, and I'm, if my memory serves me correct, I think every single drive they spent some point, they spent some time on the opponent's side of the 50. So the offense for Oklahoma was really good, but that's just such how good the defense was. We sit here the whole time, talked about K-State's offense, but you have to give the defense some credit because what they were able to do against those receivers – Marvin Mims is an absolute stud, and they kept him in check. Yes, he had the long touchdown, but uh, he had nine targets and only four receptions. Now, he had 87 yards due to the big, to the long pass, but f- to be targeted and double the amount of times and you don't catch it, that's impressive. So give credit to that defensive back, to those defensive backs who were uh, a question mark coming into the season. We've talked about it. They've solidified themselves, but they have arrived after shutting down um, this Oklahoma passing offense. And you mentioned Drake Stoops, another one of their playmakers. No catches. That's big time. Mm-hmm. This K-State defense stepped up as well. Yeah, you, you just mentioned the possession time. I just noticed on the stat sheet they don't add up to 60. Oops. <gasps> so I think uh, <laughs> I think someone uh, lost track of what they were doing last night in the uh, stats booth. But uh, – what if I told you Oklahoma actually outgained K-State 550 to 509? Well, first of all, folks, wrap your mind around this. A, a Kansas State football team ran 83 plays. And insane. Insane. 83 plays for 509 yards. It felt like something epic we had never seen from Kansas State. And... In some ways, it was because we've gotten so accustomed to the slowdown, the the snail's pace. We're going to eat up the clock. And K State didn't do that in this game. They said, "You know what? We're going to go head to head with an offense that might be one of the best offenses in the country that likes to go fast." And I would argue maybe it caught up to them mm-hmm. that they weren't as efficient as they needed to be because they were going so fast. Um, but wow, I. I I think as this game progressed, you could see Oklahoma realize we're in trouble here. 
we can't get over the hump. And the reason why is every time they seemingly got over the hump, K-State answered. K-State answered. K-State answered. Oklahoma never led in this game. To me, it talks about the will of this K-State team, not only on offense, but defense, or not only on the defense, but the offensive side as well. On the defensive side, you look at a guy like Brendan Mott, who's getting his first career start at defensive end, a former walk-on. Nick Allen, a fifth-year senior who has played a lot of special teams, saw an increased role on the defense uh, on Saturday. And then you flip it over to the offensive side. Phillip Brooks, obviously a mainstay on that K-State offensive. But again, another former walk-on who he had his moments on Saturday. There was a few drops there for Phillip. But on the very last play, Fitz, I don't know if you noticed this, on the long run that Adrian Martinez had, the 55-yard run that's going to go down in K-State history uh, as one of the biggest plays against the Sooners. Phillip Brooks is the one who springs him free on that block. This was an unselfish effort. Another guy I want to point out is Malik Knowles. Four catches for 52 yards and a touchdown. But again, the effort... And blocking on the outside from the receivers is another one of those things. Another one of those things that just shows you the culture that this team is building. They care about each other. They want each other to be successful. What they say in the media is not just lip say. They want each other to be successful. They believe in each other. And that is the reason they beat Oklahoma. And Malik Knowles' kickoff return past midfield played a huge role in this game because again that was one of those situations in the second quarter where Oklahoma's answering and they come right back it was one of the few special teams returns K-State had you give them an opportunity and they will hurt you and they're lucky he didn't go when the kicker missed he almost went but one more guy got him and still Oddly, that might have been good because then K-State had to eat up clock and drive down the field and get some points. Uh, just, I, I'm just astonished. And I, it, this emphasizes my love of college football over the NFL. There's all this kind of raw emotion. And honestly, some of these fluctuations. I mean, Tulane looked like it was going to win the American in the way the Green Wave played against Kansas State. And then goes home and loses. <laughs> Kansas State looks like it might be one of the worst teams in the Big 12. And then opens Big 12 play by opening or starting off with a victory at Oklahoma. Which means next week with Texas Tech, a team coming off of their own huge win, beating Texas in Lubbock. I don't know how these teams will respond. Somebody has to win. Somebody has to win. Somebody <laughs> has to lose. And not many people will see it because this game was buried on streaming ESPN+. Plus. Doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? Kind of funny. But it, it just, again, it's you, you mentioned it. It's college football, man. Like, this is what makes it so great. I talked about it all week. You never know what's going to happen. The resolve of this team, the resolve of this coaching staff to just put their nose down, to put their head down and just get to work. That's what Chris Kleiman did. That's what's made him successful. He talked about Ben Sennett from the good old boy from Waterloo, Iowa. Well, guess what? That's what Chris Kleiman is, too. Mm-hmm. They have a Midwest attitude. This team, their quarterback's from California, but they have a Midwest hardworking attitude. And um, you never know what to expect with this team. Again, that goes to next week. We'll have plenty of time to look at that game. But this, to me, again, just talks about their resolve, their their willingness to, to work hard because it's not easy after 
coming off of a tough loss with Tulane to come back and say, you know what, we have an even tougher test ahead of us against Oklahoma, but we are going to come out successful because we believe in ourselves. And at the end of the day, yes, was there a lot of great individual performances? Sure. But it was a team effort, offense, defense, special teams, everything combined, which was what made it such a such a cool win because mm-hmm. you don't see that a lot, but these guys played so hard. Ben Sennett, this was a point I had after the Tulane game. Ben Sennett was probably lonely during the course of the game because he was just running all alone in the secondary with nobody covering him <clears throat> and his quarterback ignoring him. They obviously saw that on film. They obviously said, holy cow, we're, we we got to look at Ben. He had four catches for 80 yards. Um, what's also incredible is at 37 yards after the catch, <laughs> um, he was targeted four times. He caught every pass that came his direction. This is going to be a continuing and ongoing weapon for K-State. I thought it would be Sammy Wheeler at tight end breaking out. Sammy had some issues against Tulane with you know blocking and other stuff and a lot of the minutes went to Ben in this game and I hate to say it for Sammy he's not gonna get those minutes back unless there's an injury because Ben Sennett proved to be the real deal um and and I know they gave up a lot of yards but there was just something incredibly brave about the defensive performance by K-State because uh, people watching on TV didn't grasp at how warm and humid it was and what that pace of the Oklahoma offense was doing to the defense. As Coach Kleiman said, they played everyone. They played everyone they brought on defense, basically. They they kept shuffling bodies. There was times when you looked at the field and went, oh, my, look what they have out here. <laughs> I mean, they don't have their front-line mm-hmm. guys. And that was sometimes when, when Oklahoma scored, but they bought time. And then finally, towards the end of the game, on that long drive, Adrian Martinez, the offense, bought the defense enough rest where Oklahoma had to work for its touchdown and didn't have enough time in the game. This really was an incomplete team effort as K-State moves to 3-1 and one on the season. Be interesting to see if they get into the polls. But, wow, I, 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 I'm literally having problems expressing what I watched in this game, and it's just my job. It's going to take me some time to digest it as well, but, I mean, uh, you talked about how rapid OU was going on offense What people don't see on TV is that when they hand the ball off right up the middle, those receivers are going full bore, sprinting down the field, and the defensive backs are are tasked with staying with them. So guess what? When they are sprinting down the field, K-State, their cornerbacks are expending energy on that too. So that's what makes the play-action game so successful is because you just never know when Gabriel would pull it and throw it. So Julius Brintz, Echo Boydo, Omar Daniels, Jacob Parrish, all those cornerbacks who played were absolutely gassed. There was a point out there where Julius Brintz made a tackle and he was down on one knee and it's like, they better get him off the field or else he's not going to be out there for the next play. But guess what? The next play comes right after him. He makes a tackle. He gets back up. It felt like a scene out of a Rocky movie, Fitz. It did. They're just sustaining punches, sustaining punches. And sure enough, the underdog finds a way to slay the dragon. And it was it was, it was was amazing. And... I, I do think the defense deserves more credit. They gave up the final score is 34 points, but that was a garbage time touchdown. They scored with 30 seconds left. If this if the score is 41-27, the national rhetoric that's going to be behind OU is completely different than it is now. Mm-hmm. I think 
the the rhetoric is, oh, how do you give up 41 points to K-State and Adrian Martinez? If they would have not scored that last touchdown, I think the rhetoric is, what's wrong with the offense? How are they only able to score 27 points against K-State? But, again, I've we've all agreed that this defense is legit. This defense is legit. And they'll be better for what they went through. I look at a guy like Omar Daniels who got matched up with Marvin Mims and got absolutely toasted on a touchdown. Just at, but he'll be better for it. Mm-hmm. So you can take those lessons out of victory that you can't from defeat, maybe. Well, we'll bring in Brian Hanley right after this break on the Go Power Cap postgame podcast as we try to wrap up, put a bow in some ways on this Kansas. A bow. A bow. Yes, a bow. Very nice. <laughs> 41-34. And a really cool moment in case you missed it. Make sure you catch the highlights of Adrian Martinez's postgame or post-touchdown bow after the last k-state touchdown and that 55 yard run he splits tacklers twice i i had to go back and watch it and i didn't even express what was going on in the walk and talk how incredible that play was but chris Kleiman said it he turned the corner and he found another gear and he was absolutely moving and cole i've got on him for surrendering and not putting down his shoulder but at that moment, he did exactly what he needed to do. Instead of getting tackled and pushed out of bounds, Adrian slid. And once the chains were set for first down, the clock kept going. He didn't get into the end zone and give them another minute to have the ball. He, he didn't go out of bounds and stop the clock. He slid. And all those little details added up to K-State winning this game. I'm really happy for fans, for the program, for Coach Kleiman. But really, I'm overjoyed for Adrian. That was, I'm Adrian Martinez. I'm a damn quarterback. I'm a good quarterback. And what happened at Nebraska doesn't define me. What happened in the first three games doesn't define me. This is my shit. This is what I'm about. And it was awesome. We'll be right back as we continue this edition of your post-game wrap. This is Kansas State's Daniel Green, the leaders in K-State sports coverage. We'll be right back with more of the PowerCat post-game podcast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, You transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. 
Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is Kansas State's Felix and Yudike Uzama. Welcome back to the PowerCat Postgame Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Welcome back to the PowerCat Postgame Podcast sponsored by Caddyshack Golf. Um, no Brian Hanley, apparently. I could go back and re-record, but no, we're not going to do that. I'm having issues with connecting my phone to our remote podcast equipment. And I don't know why, because I had a backup system that also failed me. And I'm a little baffled. And Cole Carmody's rejoining us. And Cole, I'm a little uh, under-caffeinated. So I wasn't able to scientifically solve this problem. So we will press ahead. Folks, I'll try to get a hold of Brian on Monday. And we'll do a bonus post-game podcast. Because I think this deserves two podcasts. Anyhow, we'll see if Brian's available on Monday to do that. Um but Colts, we continue this, and I don't even know what to ask you. I kind of took all the bullets <laughs> out of my gun for you. But uh, where does K State go from here? I mean, is is this defining a K State? Is Tulane defining a K State? Is it somewhere in between? Did this team program flip a new gear in this game? That's the major question. I mean, where 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 do they go from here? I said it in the car on uh, on the coming home from the game. I said, as crazy as this sounds. Somebody has to lose. I mentioned it in the first half. Somebody has to lose between Texas Tech and K-State next week. Texas Tech just beat Texas. That is a huge program-defining win for them. K-State just beat Oklahoma. Another program-defining win. What happens? Do we see potentially K-State get into the top 25? I've just been going through Twitter here this morning, and there seems to be a lot of AP voters who have ranked the Cats. So they could very well be ranked 25. One team we haven't mentioned is Kansas they will be in the top 25 as well. Yeah. I believe it'd be the first time ever that both schools are ranked inside the top 25. I think there was 2005. Go on. There was another year. There was another year? Well, the first time in a very long time. 1995. No, I'm not sure. Anyhow, it uh, it is huge. KU's really good. They take care of business. In fact, Kellis Robinette, who's a voter, uh, asked me in the press box, where would you put K-State and KU? And I go, well... KU's got to be ahead of K-State. They're 4-0. They've won two road games against Power 5 opponents. I mean, you can't deny what they're doing as a fluke at this point. Now, do I think they're as good as what they've shown? No, I don't, actually. I think uh, they're running an offense that bad defenses just can't compete with. Maybe we saw the same thing with Oklahoma, um, that you just swamp a bad defense with so much stuff they can't keep up. Credit to them. That's a great way to make sure you win those games. Eventually, I think defenses will catch up to KU. If I'm wrong, KU's going to play for a national championship. <laughs> that's, hmm. that's just it. I, yeah. If I'm wrong about that, that KU's not going to get beaten this season because that offense is spectacular. Defense, honestly, is trash. Um, but you could say the same thing about K-State's defense, and I would argue that that's not true, that K-State's defense was, you know, despite what the stats said, they did exactly what they needed to do. Now, would you prefer a shutout, 41 nothing? Of course you would. That isn't reasonable or tangible against that Oklahoma team that's running that offense with that much talent. I mean, you had to stymie them on just enough drives, make them work just that much harder. You couldn't continue to give up those quick strike touchdowns. Ask Chris Kleiman about it. They... Blew a coverage. They they didn't recognize something from the offense on that one touchdown where the guy was just wide open, wide open, yeah, just running free. Um, and he said we did the next three times. And 
proving it. I didn't even notice the play was being run again. And he said they covered it perfectly every other time. So I think this K-State defense got it done, and they will continue to get it done. I think it's a pretty good unit. Chris, Find out against Tech. Chris Kleiman has losses against Tulane, Arkansas State, and Navy. He has three wins over top 10 teams, all named Oklahoma. Right. And you read off the K-State notes. As much as Bill Snyder accomplished at Kansas State, one of the secret sauces to Bill Snyder's success was he beat everyone for the most part he should beat. He took care of business against the teams he should be taking care of business against. But what was his record against top 10 teams over 27 years of coaching? Five and 38. He won five games against top 10 programs in 27 seasons. And Chris Kleiman's done it three times in four seasons. Against the same team. It's absolutely amazing. It's absolutely incredible. And uh, a credit to where this program's going. And once he can establish the consistency that Coach Snyder found a way to establish, and I think Chris Kleiman will figure it out. And I know those two men haven't talked a lot through the years. I mean, it's it's just been, it's just a weird situation. And Chris has handled it like situation, a situation. And uh, you know, Coach Snyder's classy, but look, he's not happy. He's not coaching. I get it. I get the whole thing. I think this one topic might be something for Chris to consider talking to Bill about. How did you keep your team so consistent against teams you should beat? Because you can argue that he's been better than Baylor a couple years and lost. He's been better than Oklahoma State maybe a season and lost. He has to get over those teams. West Virginia, you, you got to beat them consistently. And you don't lose to Kansas. I don't care how good KU is. Kansas rolled in, as Michael Goins is here, pointing out they were the higher-ranked team in 1995, and they rolled into Bill Snyder Family Stadium, then KSU Stadium. In case they kicked the snot out of KU. It's just something Bill Snyder did almost con- consistently, like religion. He just beat the snot out of KU. Chris has got to take that step. Coach Clement's got to take that step. And once he does, this program could be really good. And with that, continue to upgrade recruiting to the point where it's going to be undeniable how good this this program can be with the amount of talent they have. It's fascinating to me that... K-State can, for all intents and purposes, you ask the coaching staff this, I think they'll tell you that they got outcoached against Tulane. Schematically, um, in-game decisions, they got outcoached. You know, credit Willie Fritz and Tulane for doing that. But then they turn around and they completely outcoach that new staff at Oklahoma. And I have taken a gander at our good friends at OU Insider, the 24-7 sports site for Oklahoma. To say that their fan base is a little displeased would be a uh, an exaggeration. They are livid. And um, you know what? That's just I think that kind of goes to show you the SEC mentality of Oklahoma. I don't think Brent Venables had that. I don't think this coaching staff had that. But you can tell the 85,000 people in that stadium felt like K-State's going to walk in and OU was going to roll them. And that didn't happen. Deuce Vaughn talked about it after the game. The way that they have the us-against-the-world mentality is something that they need to learn how to take that mentality and apply that to teams who they should handle. And we'll see you on Saturday against Texas Tech. That's the first step. That's a team that K-State should beat. 
they have to come out with the same fire. But if they can harness that energy that they played with tonight against Oklahoma, they're going to be a really tough team to beat the rest of the season. I'd like to point out also to K-Staters that the fact that there were some really hostile fans towards the football team and Kleiman and, and Martinez after that game. But you go back to when Burn Venables was in Norman the first time around as defensive coordinator. They started underperforming on the defensive side. If OU fans reinvent history and say that they, they weren't happy that he left for Clemson, they'd be lying. They basically ran Brent Venables out of town. They basically pushed him out the door and said, go away. He goes to Clemson. Dabo Sweeney says, you're my guy. Here's my defense. And Brent said, good. We won some national championships. <laughs> they treated him like a king. Like he is Barry Switzer. He is... Bud Wilkinson. That introduction was wild, by the way. He got the loudest ovation. Yeah. <laughs> I've he, ever heard for a coach on a on an intro video. And I think there's a level of Jerome Tanging going on here. Um, where he's such an energetic guy and so engaging and um feeds into the energy of the OU fan um that he's winning without playing the games. How they react to him now? And possibly, if he continues to lose some Big 12 games, will be intriguing. So, K-State fans, uh, you're not the only fan base with toxic traits. <laughs> I've argued this since someone brought it up at the end of last basketball season. Every fan base has this toxicity to it that gets annoying. But Deuce Vaughn called out the fans and maybe the media, depending on how you interpret it. When he said you guys, it, I heard it as you guys in the media. Zach Carlson heard it as you guys outside this program. Fans, media, all the noise that's outside. <clears throat> Chris Vaughn does not call people out. Chris <laughs> Vaughn doesn't talk crap. And neither does Deuce. You know, it's like whatever version of this young man. I've never heard him that way. No, I hadn't either. Excuse me, I, Goins said it perfectly. He was a brat in yeah. postgame. It was exactly it. And he was spot on, though. And, and I have no problem with what anyone said. Um, I own what I said because I don't think I attacked Adrian Martinez. I think I went through statistically and said, this ain't the quarterback that was at Nebraska. This, this isn't the type of losing Nebraska saw. They saw the gambler, the playmaker, the guy that, made some bad decisions in the heat of the moment. We saw a guy through three games that never got into the heat of the moment. I was just fascinated. And I honestly didn't see any way people would ask me, why are you picking Oklahoma? I said, I don't see any way Adrian Martinez reinvents himself. You know, we've seen the, the gambler version. We've seen the conservative version. When When's the soup the right temperature? It was the right temperature. He did it. It says a lot about the guy and this team. Um, I, I, I just thought, I, give me your thoughts on what how Deuce handled it last night and and, and the post game in general. I, I love first of all, Deuce Vaughn is probably the fav, my most favorite athlete. You know, <clears throat> in my short time being around the program, Deuce Vaughn is just a joy to talk to because he's is honest. He's so honest. 
But let's be let's be real here. He is very well trained in the media. He knows what to say and he knows what not. He knows what not to say. Everything he says is calculated. He comes in wearing a Felix and DK Uzama jersey, which I feel like there's some other stories behind that. I don't know. It's like a fake jersey? Uh, yeah, it had to have been. Because it had stripes on the, and it fit him. Yeah. I thought, hold on. This is not a backup jersey for Felix because you'd be you'd be wearing a dress. I almost wonder if that's if their Felix told him, "Hey, Deuce, you know, maybe why don't you, why don't you say this? This is this is get my message out there too, since we haven't had a chance to talk to Felix. I don't it's know. Interesting. Felix has been off the radar. Yeah, I don't think I don't, I won't. I almost wonder if uh, they don't want K State doesn't want Felix talking to the media, especially after a big win, because you just don't know, ever know what Felix is going to say. But that's beside the point. I think that there is a chip on the shoulder. Deuce Vaughn's always had to have a chip on his shoulder. He has. He's undersized. But there is a chip on the shoulder of this team, and it starts with the quarterback. They believed in their quarterback. They believed in their guy. And they handled it great post-game. They handled it great during the game. I saw this on Twitter this morning. If you don't think that everybody in this program is bought in, Malik Knowles blocked a guy to the sideline once again um, and absolutely buried him. It was a great block. He got right back up, helped him up, said, all right, we'll see you the next play. That was one play. The next play was after Drake Drake Cheatham's tackle, who, by the way, played an outstanding game. We think he's in concussion protocol, so we'll see what happens there. He had a great game. He had an amazing tackle. It was like a third and 11 play. The play goes over to the sidelines, and the receiver gets up, gets in the face of whoever it was, and then there's just a little scrum on the K-State sideline, which, first of all, as an OU player, why are you doing that on the visitor sideline? That doesn't make a lot of sense. But second of all, I don't know if you saw this or not, Fitz, every single player swarmed that one area. They had the back of their guys. The support staff, every single person was on the sideline making sure that they understood, you come into our house, you're going to have to pay the consequences. There was a video of one of the support staff members who was maybe doing a little bit more jawing than he should have been, but it was encouraging to see because they're not backing down. Nobody on that team blinked when they walked into that stadium, and that, to me, was the definition of how K-State played. They did not blink. They never, ever looked in the face of adversity and said, we're going to back down. And it was it was a sight to see. I think you asked Julius Princess about, maybe it wasn't, um, about how important was it, or was you going, to, about hitting, delivering a smack after someone catches a ball to send a message, don't come back here again. And he just kind of laughed. It was, yeah, he just smiled and said, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I want to emphasize this. Someone asked me, my, my friend, um, Jenny Carlson, who's covered college sports and down here in Oklahoma for the Daily Oklahoma for many years, and she's just a wonderful person and a great sports writer, asked me what this team's like to cover. And I said, I covered a lot of really good teams filled with really good kids under Bill Snyder. Um, but sometimes his best teams kind of teetered on the not as good kids. It just kind of goes with the territory. And I and I've you know been anyone who follows me in my career knows I'm overly honest. And I thought he was putting together a Boy Scout troop at the end of the, his career because it was all about the quality of kid over talent in some cases. Chris Kleiman has found this incredible balance of finding really talented players like Chris Dusvon, like Felix Andy Dike Uzama, like Daniel Green who he inherited but still 
it's evolved tremendously mm-hmm. in his career. I I just keep going through the list. They're playing at an exceedingly high level. They're capable of playing at a high level. And K-Staters, I'm not just saying this because it's one. I said this to Jenny before they played the game last night. This is the best group of kids I have ever dealt with. There's no, been no hint of any kind of controversy. There's been no covering the police blotter, which, you know, no, none of us get into covering sports to cover crime. You know, that's not why we do it. <laughs> so it's a d- delight not to have to worry about that. Knock on my head, Wood, because it, now I might have jinxed it. But this is an incredible group of kids who handle their stuff incredibly well. They come into the postgame. They come in on Tuesdays. They, they put up with the stupid questions. They put up with the persistent, repeated questions. They're pros. And I, I, I'm just blown away by the quality of individual that these are kids. These are young men in college who seem to have stuff figured out. And that's where Chris and Bill Snyder are so much alike. They want to make good people and in the process make good teams. This is a pretty good team filled with good people. It's not a flawless team. Obviously, they lost to Tulane. But this is a team capable of going 11-1. If they do whatever they did last week, Eat the same damn meals. I don't care. <laughs> well, don't change a thing. No alternate uniforms fits? <laughs> Look, I, I, I'm moderately superstitious. <laughs> and I like the alternate uniforms. But for whatever reason, I think KNET put this out. It's almost like the schools that do it all the time, it just becomes ho-hum. And they just, it's not part of the genetic makeup of the team. It's, okay, we've got a different uniform. We're going to put this on. <clears throat> it gets to be such a big deal at Kansas State that it happens it's almost like, uh, yeah, we're wearing something different, and they yeah. just shut down. I, I, I don't know, but as I, I've now switched to team holds and just leave the damn power cat on the helmet, go ahead and change the colors if you want, but stick with the brand. Maybe do some stuff on jerseys. or I don't even know what to do with alternate stuff, but uh, stick with what works for now. I'm not – a little stitious, as Michael Scott would say from the office. Superstitious. I'm superstitious. Yeah, no, they're not changing anything. You talked about how good of kids these are. It blows my mind because this is a veteran football team. Mm-hmm. You go through, the, like, I was going through the highlights this morning. I'm like, Cade Warner, senior. Phillip Brooks, senior. Malik Knowles, senior. Adrian Martinez, senior. There's almost half your offense right there. Not to mention Deuce Vaughn, Cooper Beebe, guys that are going to play at the next level. Christian Duffy. And probably leave early to do so. Yeah. This is a veteran team, but these guys have played together for the most part for so long. They've been through the ups and downs. This team is a veteran team, but they're good dudes. Mm. Like These are the kind of guys that when they get to the next level, when they have those pre-draft interviews, teams are going to like because they have developed a culture at K-State that enables them to go in and win games like this. They may not have the most talented team, but they're the most together team that I have actually ever seen and and from an outsider's perspective this reminds me of the royals when they were very good right they had that team chemistry these guys have that chemistry they generally like each other they love being around each other and they play for one another we didn't get that vibe last year and and that's not to say that they weren't like that but they went through a lot of struggles last year 
in the middle of the season. Skylar Thompson got hurt in the very beginning, and, and then where do you go? You're dealing with all these question marks. Knock on wood, K-State stayed relatively healthy. That two-lane loss could end up being the best thing for this team because you're right. They have the capability to run the table, and quite frankly, how they come out next week is going to tell me all I need to know. Yeah, I agree. Because if they come out on fire, you can set your expectations. Maybe not to be 11-1, and one, but your expectations can be the exact same as they were before the two-lane game, in my opinion. Great stuff, Mr. Crombie. Nice pinch hitting here. Um, folks, I, I mentioned this at the top of the show, top of the segment. We're sponsored by Caddy Sheckoff. I really want you to go celebrate this victory by buying some merchandise from our friends at Caddy Sheckoff. That's Caddy with two C's. I don't care if you're not a golfer. It's a cool logo. It's their own logo, but everything is licensed through K-State. Get polos, pullovers. It's quarter zip season, guys. Gals, it's quarter zip season. I think we all agree that's our favorite season of the year. Go check out their quarter zips. Go check out everything. It's like a clock. It's like a golfing room clock. They got all kinds of merchandise. Set it at 9 a.m. That's it. We're done. Period. End of show. Thank you for listening to the Power Cat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.